to the Loyal Locals podcast. This is uh, a a Jerry uh, list podcast. Uh, unfortunately, tonight we have uh, Mr. Cesar H. Football in the house. We have uh, Mr. Presidente Esteban. How you doing, man? Good, man. I'm I'm hanging in there. Um, still kind of recovering from that 94th minute goal, but you know, life is pretty good. Life is pretty good here in San Diego. That was a rough one. I yeah, I felt like yeah. it just stung you a little bit through the whole weekend, but the Padres lifted us up last night, and then they did, the, they did, I, so I, they did. So thank you all, listeners, for tuning in one night late. Um, I decided to take a night to, for the Padres game. Um, Jerry was prepping and is now prepping for his vacation, his well-deserved time away. So uh, yeah, we pushed a night. So. Uh, do we know where? Do we know where Jerry's uh, vacationing? I'm, I'm, I'm Jerry, a little jealous. Where, where is he going to go? No. Vacation? Jerry's going to Sedona. Oh, to take some time away with the family. Nice. Yeah, he said he's got a nice house with a pool, and he's going to turn everything off. All the all the social media. He's like, "Don't contact me. Take care of shit with yourselves." So <laughs> <laughs> we're on our own, man. We're on our own. Uh, it's a little scary. We always My have bad. Jerry. Jerry's right. like Mr. Reliable for for uh, for contact and for help, but. You know what? Yeah, and now and now you we'll got be all right. Sorry, uh, we're <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of things going on here early on. I had a, actually the YouTube stream in the background and another window open. I'm like, why is my voice playing over and over? Ah, uh, that's why. Uh, <laughs> and that was maddening. So sorry, everybody. Um, but we've sorted it out. But yeah, I mean, I've always I've, have you, man. Thank you. I've always said also like with that with you talking about like the the echo or whatever. And I don't know if I actually talked about this the last time I was with you guys. I feel like I talk about this every podcast. But in order for a podcast to be successful, something has to go wrong in the beginning. Like there has to be someone's. But I had my camera issue like before I joined you guys. Like I that went wrong. Like Drew had his thing. It's like it's like you need something to go wrong to kind of get it out of the way in yes. order for everything else to be fine. Say for example, loyal allowing a late equalizer. You deal <sighs> with it. It's fine. At least they're still undefeated. At least right. they're doing all right, and that can kind of be a kind of be kind of like a reflection point, kind of a, a silver lining. Kind of, yeah, usually, yeah. yeah. Usually weekly, I'm the thing that goes wrong because um, I usually spend <laughs> in about literally thirty seconds before we start recording. It drives Drew and Jerry crazy. But um, I, I, I was the last. I mean, week. I was the last. This time, one. this time I was here. I was here. So I was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But guest. speaking of the 94th minute goal and drowning our sorrows on the draw, uh, what are you drinking, Caesar? Uh, so, um, so when you guys asked me today to be on the pod, I was like, "Dang, fingers crossed that I have some sort of San Diego beer in <laughs> nice. the fridge." I was like, "Please, I please, please." The liquor store, and then, yeah, yeah, there's one a few blocks away, so it probably would have been too tough. But luckily, the the girlfriend she got some, uh, she got this a couple days back. We still have a few more left. The Society uh, Pupil. Um, big fan of this. I yes. do love uh, Society Pupil, uh, their, their IPA a lot because I'm a very basic beer drinker who loves his IPAs. But nonetheless, I, I think this one's delicious. I, it is. It's def- I'm, I'm definitely a fan of this one. It certainly is. Drill, over to you. Um, yeah, Nick likes my new wall setup. Thanks, Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, our uh, MRI, most recent immigrant uh, to the locals there, Mr. <laughs> Nick Duffy. <laughs> Uh, the, I don't <laughs> know if he wants that title, 
but this background is actually I'm not actually at my house. I'm my house is going on the market this week. I'm at my brother's house. He is going on a cross country road trip with his my two nieces. Uh, they oh wow on, uh, yesterday. Uh, God bless so him. We're house sitting them while we're showing our place, so it works out. Kill two birds with one stone. That's it does awesome. work out. Why our technical issues are kind of out of sorts <laughs> tonight? Because it's like, hey, we're on the road and we're uh, doing it without our amazing engineer Jerry. So. Uh, the guy who giving me his house did provide me with some beer, uh, Hecho and San Diego, Hecho and San Diego here, the Si Senor uh, Mexican Lager by Sato Norte uh, mm. Brewing, which is pretty Oh, cool. nice. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a Frontera-themed brewery. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. So It is. Oh, perfect. Pretty I, liked, I like some of their stuff. Yeah. Like, I've, I've, at first, I know, I was, like, a little, like, skeptical about, like, the whole marketing of what they're trying to do. I was like, all right, this feels a little weird and gimmicky, but then I had some of the beer. I was like, you know what? I'm down with it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. I, I like it. Usually good beer fixes most things, right? <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's I know. with that modern times consortium. So they've got a lot of that, uh, you know, yeah. brewing knowledge and obviously made a lot of great beers over the years. Steve, what are you drinking yeah. there? I yeah, see some leaves. Myself, some pure projects, some pure projects. It's yeah. called a Kusanagi. Nice. It's, a mur- it's a murky double. Um, and oh, we had nice. to look it up. Kusanagi is is a Japanese samurai sword, so pretty pretty oh, badass. Cool. But Pure Project makes some amazing beer. I live up here in Vista. They just opened their Vista location. It is literally the closest brewery to my house, um, and it it's about two miles. And it's dangerous, but also awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. It's a double edged. It's a double edged sword of sorts. It is it's like a. Oh yeah, like a yeah. There sword. we go. Yeah. That's, that's well done. Yeah. It's a wonderful brewery. They do great conservation work as well. They've kind of got a mission along with For sure. amazing beer and the most beautiful can designs in San Diego. Yeah. I don't think anybody else can stack up to their just kind of beautiful one-pane designs that they do on those cans. I know. I know. Oh, it's pretty cool. So, so, so yeah, let's now, jump right in. Let's jump right in. So before we get to dismay, but yeah, go ahead. Before we get to... Um, road, but go ahead. <laughs> before we get to the game itself, um, one bit of news that came out just before... The match was that Miguel Berry was recalled to Columbus. Um, yeah. And that was, I mean, I was super bummed to hear that. Um, it was kind of almost bound to happen. Uh, Corbin, who tunes into this podcast regularly and is a huge contributor to our Discord. Um, there you are, Corbin. Uh, kind of called it, I think, either the morning of or the day after, the day before, um, because of the Gold Cup call-ups. And Miguel is obviously a forward owned by Columbus Crew, so... They were looking pretty light. He was obviously finding his form here. Uh, pretty bummed. He was really playing well for us. But yeah, that's that's really unfortunate. Kind of really is what it is. Yeah, it's unfortunate, especially after Jack Mayer having to leave yeah. as well. And obviously, he's killing it. And, and like he made an immediate impact. Uh, and MLS, what he scored in his first game. Uh, <laughs> like a, it crew. was like his first touch. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a little that must that must that must be a little rough for fans to to, hit, to not only deal with that once but twice. And I guess there's something a little inevitable about that when you have a player on loan um, that if they're doing well, then they, you know, those teams that you know that own their contract might want to like bring them back, or if they have some sort of issues, they might want to bring yeah. them back. But it seemed like he was really clicking in the front, and 
yeah, now I, I, I feel for, for he fans. He was kind of for, the engine yeah. for a while there. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of hard to see that, you know, the train's still there, but the engine, you, we've got a different engine up top now, uh, and you're hoping that Corey Herzog can kind of drive some action or somebody like that can kind of step in who hasn't had uh, maybe too many goals in their name and now has had, you know, one here to, to get it jump-started and keep, keep moving uh, from game to game. So I think that you'll see more and more of that as maybe they can get more goal scores. Somebody like Jack Blake, who can score a lot of goals as well, has just started heating up. So you hope Bangers only going, but it's, yeah, it's tough to see with Barry because he's just, he's part of the community too. He's a kid from yeah. the community. Yeah. Uh, so you feel like he's one of our own and then it's tough to see him go, have to go play for Columbus. Great organization, great coach, but uh, you want him to use him. If you're going to recall him, use him, Caleb. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? So at least yeah. Jack got on the field and he scored. That was awesome to see. And so it's like it, it, with Rubin, with Jack, it's it's good to see them go and then have an impact. And especially Jack, I was listening to the game and they're like talking about how he had an, you know, being here had an impact on him and um, obviously helped his career. So I think in some ways it's nice to be known as that because you're going to get a lot of players like now with Ibarra, you see this with him and he's sticking with the club. Um, but to have that story where a player can come in at the, you know, kind of end part of their career and feel like they can find some love again for what they're doing, not just, um, you know, maybe from a standpoint of losing how they were playing, but finding a new way to play as well. So I think that's what's been kind of fun to see these guys uh, elevate and see Barry from year one to year two. He's a much more complete player. Yeah, for sure. I thought that was yeah. him last oh, yeah. year. Uh, than when we watched him at USD. So it's been fun to watch that progression. But anytime you see that MLS loan, I'm always thinking, when are they going to get recalled? That's in the back of my head every single time. Yeah, as, yeah and, and Corbin did a pretty good job tracking it as our inside Columbus. Uh, for all, yeah. He's, he's got binoculars at the practices, for all we know, uh, <laughs> letting us know. But uh, that's why you got to uh, get on the Discord. You'll find out probably a day or two ahead of time that this stuff is going down. At least you're emotionally prepared for it um, in, in that case. But... Uh, let's get to the game. The game itself was, was pretty fun until the last minute or so, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, that's what happens when you only score a goal, but, uh, kind of first half was pretty back and forth. I felt like it was pretty, uh, you know, chances from both sides. I don't think that we were uh, dominating too much, but it felt like we were playing our game, which is nice. We've seen certain games this, uh, season where we haven't Steve, do you have any comments kind of up leading up to Yeah. The- I mean, I mean, it's interesting, right? Last season, we were so much more of a kind of a counterpress team when we finally found our success in like a 4-3-3. Three, three. And this this year, it really seems like we're finding strength in possession. I mean, I think it was 61% possession. I don't have the halftime split numbers, but it seemed like that first, first half of the game, we had a lot more possession and we just couldn't find the back of the net. And it just talks to the Miguel Berry situation. We, you know, we just spoke about like, we just need goal scorers and Herzog has the track record of being a goal scorer. And yeah, I mean, he scored in the 62nd minute today and we'll get to that. But like, we just need, we need a little more pop in that final third. And it's almost like so interesting that I think we talked about this last August a lot when um, we could not find a goal for our life. And it's a team coached by Landon Donovan. We have plenty of attacking talent and it just seems like there's, kind of one little thing missing in that front final third um, that somebody like Barry kind of added. Um, but some, but the, some, for some reason, the combination of Jack Blake and Guido and Herzog and Toomey, like they just can't seem to find that final pass, that final clicking kind of gel that's going to make it all work together. So but I think there was a couple good chances in the first half. You really want to see something like that go in. Um, and then obviously, you know, we, we got that goal in the 62nd minute uh, Herzog, it was a beautiful turn by Jack Blake. If you guys haven't seen it, go back and watch it. Um, go back and rewatch the game. At least find that clip. Uh, it was pretty beautiful. Um, that's the kind of stuff that makes these superstars, you know, in USL stand out 
um, and, and make them go from, you know, Jack Blake won in, at um, Real Monarchs in 2018. He won the whole thing uh, as the captain of that team. And now here he is in San Diego uh, leading the front line. Um, it's those moments that we need, you know, we need more of that to create that kind of spark. And obviously that spark created this goal. We just kind of need to find more of that. Um, and maybe not just come from him. Um, so yeah, please go ahead. No, what was interesting to me is that it wasn't just the goal. It was that literally a minute or two later, I felt like the game was potentially like the, the win was a potential could be secured for loyal and was, I have, have some notes here that I took down from that match. It was just, yeah, Charlie Adams, he intercepted the ball in midfield, goes to Guido, Guido uh, finds Blake and Blake. He, I, I'm not entirely sure what happened there. I, I, I tried rewatching some highlights. I'm not sure if the shot was off target, if it was deflected by some Sacramento defender, but just two minutes later, you're thinking, all right, loyal is going to potentially find a second one here and just yeah. cement the win. You thought like right here, at just just a, like a minute or two after getting that 62nd minute goal from Herzog, yeah. you thought that they were going to be able to get the win there. That ended up not exactly happening. They justifiably sat back a little bit, and unfortunately, they allowed that late equalizer. And I don't know. I at that point, like, I, I, you don't want to nitpick and be like, "Oh, it was that defender's fault." You don't want to think like, "Oh, you know, maybe if." Montgomery, if he would have had that opportunity the first half, I mean, he hit the woodwork too early on the first yeah. half. He almost scored as That's well right. in the first half. You don't want to like nitpick these kind of things. So I think from my perspective, I think in a season as long as a USL championship, I think, and I'm, I'm forever an optimist whenever it comes to any kind of situation, but I think, I think in a season as long as a USL championship, you take a step back and you look at where loyal are currently at and where loyal were at. Um, let's say four games into the season where they had had those four defeats where it looked like there was some early, you know, you know, warning signs were like, well, what's happening here? What's the issue with the team? But now when you take a step back, when you look at the context of the season, I don't know. Like I, I know some fans, I mean, you you could see it with like, when I rewatched the highlights from the match, I mean, I, you, you heard the booze, you heard the people who are clearly and understandably frustrated after the, after the late equalizer from Sacramento. But I think in the context of the situation, like, I don't know, like loyal or I think, I think they're fine. I think they're okay. I think like, I think they're, 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 they're still undefeated. They outside of Phoenix and outside of, uh, orange County, I can't really say that any other team, I mean, obviously you look at the standings, they're in third. So obviously no other team has been better than them so far, but from, from the little bits that I've watched from every other team in the Pacific division, I can't comfortably say that they're better than loyal so far this season. So yeah, it was, I can understand why fans would be heartbroken. I think we could easily nitpick like, Oh, maybe Montgomery should have done that. Maybe someone should have stopped that cross, but sure. I don't, I don't know. I like, I, I still feel like this it's team a dangerous is, road to go down when you start cherry picking stuff like that. Right. Cause you can, you yeah, can, yeah. You can yeah, do it from yeah. the first minute on to the 90th minute. Yeah, just because you allowed the goal in the 94th minute doesn't mean that the mistake in the second minute wasn't almost as critical. Right. So it's yeah. a very slippery slope to go down. But one thing that you mentioned was, was sitting back. And that's something that I've been griping about yeah. on this podcast. In and that's, kind fair. Of general that's fair. That's over fair. The, over the last couple of weeks, because it seems like we're, we're getting in positions where, we, we score a goal and we're in a lead and then we make a de- defensive sub. And that's exactly what happened here 
um, 81st minute, um, Colin Martin came off for Joshua Yarrow. Uh, and that's clearly a, a defensive substitution, right? That, that changes us from a four back to a five back. That's really just like, a, we're going to park the bus for the next 15 minutes and just wait this game out. And I do not like that. I mean, maybe that's just me being, I'm not, a, I'm not a coach. I'm not anything like, you know what I mean? I'm just a sideline, you know, podcaster, but um, I want to see us play the, play the whole 90. Like we were playing it before that sub, because obviously stuff was working, right? We were winning, even if it wasn't working great. Cause we only won zero on a game that probably should have been more than one zero. But overall, like, I just, I, I don't like that kind of mentality. It's kind of like, oh, we're up. I'm just going to sit back and kind of hold onto this lead instead of just like playing our game. You know, we don't need to play. We, we're better than Sacramento. We don't need to kind of let them start controlling the match and put, kind of, you kind of like let them have the fate in their hands when you do that. And I just, I don't like that kind of mentality. And defensive you, yeah. Steve, like, I think, I think, I think in defense of that statement you just made there, I think maybe it's something with loyal fans wanting a big state that win. And obviously the Phoenix, the, the win over Phoenix is a statement win. That's a, that's, sure. that's a, that's a huge, huge win there. But when you look at Loyal's results, a lot of them, they're, it's, they're very narrow. It's not mm-hmm. big, significant wins. They're very, very closely fought, like two to one wins, one to one draws, two to one wins. And obviously the, the first four matches were a little bit different. So maybe it's this kind of like this want, this desire from Loyal fans to see a team like Sacramento and, be, and think, why can't we beat them three, nothing? Why can't we beat get a four to one? When, when you're looking at Oakland roots and I'm sure you guys are thinking like, why can't that be a three, nothing one? Why can't that be a big exactly. result? And I wonder if that, I wonder if that's part of the frustration that a lot of these results have been really narrow. And I, I, I mean, when you do take a look at them, I mean, it's just, they, they, it's like, yeah, two to one, win, two to one, win, two to one, win, one, nothing, one to one, one to one, two to two, two to one. That's it's, 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 it's a, it's a little, it's a little, I guess it could be a little too close for comfort for some fans. Yeah. Yeah. And then drew, I'm sorry. I keep talking over you. Um, I want you to get your word in here too, but this seems like a good time uh, for me to chime in with some of my research that I've done today. Um, I got pretty sick and tired. I'm getting pretty sick and tired of um, seeing clubs put in late goals in these in halves against the club. Um, and so I did some research and there's been eight goals um, within the last five minutes of either the first or second half the oh, season. Wow. And, uh, oh, and wow. that's, I believe we're, we're what five, four and three. So that's 12 matches, uh, eight goals in 12 matches within the last five minutes of each half. And that's not great. So that tells me that they're losing focus. Um, you know, maybe they're, maybe Len is not making the right subs, you know, uh, get off, get off the tired legs and put on the right players and don't change your position too hard to, or your formations too much. Um, I just saw a comment saying if, if, um, if um, Metcalf was off and Morgan and Morgan Hackworth was on, that could have been cross could have been prevented. I'm pretty sure that cross came from our left back, not our right back, but I could be misremembering um, regardless. Um, I, it just, it says something, there's a trend there, right. And kind of, what does it mean? What is it? Drew, what do you kind of pick your brain here? I think the, the problem, as we said this a few podcasts ago with parking the bus, is it's going to come back to bite you. You're inviting yeah. pressure, and inevitably yeah. one of those is going to go in, and this was one of those, and it happened to be the guy we were giving crap to as a section before the game who came back mm-hmm. to the section and started kind of striking, and we are like, okay, this guy's going to listen to us and actually try and um, you know do something, and it's really unfortunate that he's the one in the cross, but it was a well-placed cross, and you know, guy on his shoulders or, or not – you are inviting that ball in if you're sitting that deep and you're not trying to catch them offside or you're not trying to 
uh, play the ball out more um, instead of just kind of pinging it back and forth and then inviting the pressure for a corner after a corner after a corner. Um, you know, we see this late in games. How many corners did they give up late in games? It would be another stat I'd like to see in the last five minutes. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Time versus what they do the rest of the match, because I think it almost is equal. It feels like yeah. it is. Um, and then you'll see things like, and, and this would be a question from me is, who's the one keeper who cupped a clean sheet? Hmm. The one yeah. Keeper oh, definitely. I think definitely against a different. This is not a hot take, but it's I. I'm, wow. I'm not going to go there and say that. Are you saying? Are you saying you'd, you'd, you'd is, rather have? Okay. Is Trey experienced enough to position center backs late in games? And what the managers are asking him to do is that, but he's not able to push them a little bit more forward. I don't think that's the case. It just happens to be that the one time that he was our keeper starting, that was also the time we had a clean sheet. Um, and defensively, we're extremely stout and really didn't have a lot of you know decent chances uh, from the other team that, you know, he made a very few, very good saves, but I think otherwise they were positioned very well. So that's a good question as well is, are we positioning well enough late in the game to wrap it up? Because even against Phoenix, the last few times it's become much closer than it needed to be late in games. And that's what's going to come down to in the playoffs. You know, that's really what it's going to matter is that last six, five, you know, 10 minutes, what it is. That's an interesting yeah. question because I feel like, uh, I mean, I think what you're implying there is maybe Austin Guerrero should potentially be the starter um, after he got his uh, or, play more. Or, or play more. Yeah, because, yeah, after uh, getting that shutout in that, in that game against Oakland, I think that's still tough. I, mean, I, I, st- I don't know. That's there are certain things that I do not envy from a coach's perspective. And from a coach's perspective, I do not envy having to choose some some of the recent. Uh, starting goalkeeper positions for loyal because yeah. I don't know since I mean it's it's been it, their their it's history has been that, short. The, Muse makes saves yeah. that nobody else can make, so that's the, yeah. the other side of this. Is I think uh, that's it's it's, it's a really tough decision. Decide. I mean, last season like Kempen was incredible, and we saw Guerrero who was he, incredible he was last season too. Kempen Guer- Kempen was everything, right? Yeah, and, and so that's it's he's hard to measure against versus he's a starting MLS goalkeeper in my mind, right? Yeah. Versus what we have at this level, which is trying to sort out a, a kid who is MLS talent and has that pedigree and then somebody who's been around and has a little bit more experience, I think, and plays the ball out a little bit more. Sorry, Cesar. Yeah. No, no. I, 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 I just think that it's, it's, it's a, because I, I don't know. I, I don't know who I would choose between Muse or Guerrero. Cause I feel like they're both fantastic options. I, 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 I don't know. Like, I think, I think Drew makes a good point that just like, yeah, Guerrero was fantastic in net against uh, Oakland, but I don't know. There's a lot of potential with Muse too. So it's just, yeah, I, 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 think I, I, would... I do not. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's hard, but my gut says to stick with Trey because yeah, yeah some of the stops that Trey, some of the stops and some of the work that Trey's done this year, I just don't think Austin does. I think he's a really good goalkeeper. I think he's a great backup goalkeeper. Um, but the only way Trey's going to get better at maybe you know organizing the center backs and improve communication is by playing, right? Yeah. And so you've got to work. Yeah. You know, there's there's some there's some instance of development here um, that you know later in the season if we're taking on all cylinders and Trey hasn't played. And all of a sudden you're like, well now, you know, now Austin has found a slump. Now we got to put Trey, you know, we got to put Muse back in and he hasn't played all season. He's not going to have improved. You know what I mean? He's not going to have gotten better at that. Um, and really if we, you know, if, and when we make the playoffs, I want to see Trey starting in goal. Um, he just has that, like that knack. I mean, we, we talked about him so much in the first four matches of the season when we did have those four losses that it could have been totally much more. It could have yeah. been way brutal. Yeah. Like that, that Phoenix game away, that first game of the season, that could have been seven, eight, yeah. zero, uh, without him. So, 
Yeah, uh, that was that's um, not on, it's not on him to captain the defense, right? There are right, more experienced right. players out there, and Stoneman and, and others that you should yeah, he's be back, able to so. close out these. They should be able to close out these games, right? Yeah, there's and, something there with that back line that's just not right. And again, I was just uh, questioning: is it maybe a, a keeper intervention because we had one that saw it out, and the other one, unfortunately, he's been the product of a lot of those late goals. Steve, all of those goals were against him while he was in net, but it's, again, most of them were to very unguarded sides or, yeah. uh, in the case of late runners, weird stuff where defense should pick it up and, and have an answer for that. Sorry, go ahead, Cesar. I was there. perhaps the conversation is also just, like, less about the goalkeeper in this situation, just realizing that I think it, it seems like you've had a lot of changes between the central defensive partnership there. You know, the last mm-hmm. four games, you've had four different partnerships there, you know, against Phoenix, that was Yarrow Mayer, uh, against Las Vegas, that was Yarrow and Stoneman, against Oakland, it was Montgomery and Yarrow, and the last game was Montgomery and Stoneman, and yeah. like, <laughs> and it's and it's understandable why you had to make those changes, obviously Stoneman, in, in theory, would be a start, but he had to, he had to come back, Mayer looked like he was doing good, and then he, doing well, then he had to, he had to you know, go back uh, to his club, you know, so some some of these decisions have haven't been exactly and ideal. Yeah, yeah. And Vikazili is is out on international duty. You know, he's been yeah, gone French, for the past two three weeks with French Guiana. Yeah, with, so with French yeah. Guiana, yeah. And he and yeah. he could have been. He was this close to being gone for the rest of the month too. No, if if, no. Uh, if a penalty shootout would have worked out in the favor of French eight, Guiana, eight too. To so seven. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, so like things. Yeah, so things obviously like have been a little more fluid in the. I guess not exactly for better, but for worse, you know, with, with some of that central defensive partnership, but that's actually something I'm like, if I was a, if I had to, if I had to nitpick something about loyal and obviously some of this has been a little difficult with the, with injuries with players who aren't available and with players eventually that went back on loan. It's just what, what I, what is the best central defensive partnership? Cause I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I don't no. know. I, yeah. It's, it's a really like good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then another Yard another point that I'll make is cut out in a couple of those, and, and you know, same with Stoneman, same with any one of our players here that you can point to and say, ah, there was that one game or there was that one spot. Yeah. It's been a team effort, but it's trying to yeah. find that that pairing, as you're saying, you know, and especially if you're going to go four at the back, you got to figure out that anchor and that that cornerstone, Steve. And another thing I was going to mention is um, one thing I was really worried about coming into the season was depth, and yeah. um, I mean, we've kind of seen some rotation up top, you know. Oh, Guido's been on and off injured and trying to get him some rest and optimal playing time. Herzog and Barry have kind of been rotating, but it seems like Charlie Adams and Colin Martin have played every minute or, ev- I mean, he got, <laughs> Colin Martin got the off, but Charlie yeah. has played every game. I think Colin has played every game and it's been a pretty packed schedule, right? They had that Tuesday game. They had a Saturday game. They, had, I mean, this past Saturday, there's next Saturday, then there's Wednesday. Like there's, it's a pretty busy schedule. And one thing that I was pretty worried about was depth. Um, it really kind of doesn't seem like we have a backup number six besides Charlie and Colin kind of maybe double pivot or two in a midfield three. Um, it would Jack, I mean, Jack Blake's been playing a ton too. It seems like there's something the, and then that kind of ties back to also the, the end of the game and end of the half thing, you know, you, there's mental fatigue that goes on. You get, you can definitely lose your focus. So, um, yeah, Thomas, good point, Cor- Corbin. Thomas can definitely play. Um, that's number six. We did see that um, in one of those games. Um, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that because he's been gone. But um, I, I don't. Then again, he's been playing so much with with. He's been playing so much internationally that when he gets back, it's not like he's rested. You know what I mean? It's not like he's exactly. had some time off. He's definitely he's going to be tired too. So 
Um, I'm kind of very interested in how maybe this midfield might uh, find itself some rest um, because yeah. on the bench, I mean, I mean, Sal Zizzo was always kind of an outside player. He hasn't really seen the field too much. We got Morgan Hackworth on the bench. He's definitely an outside player. Um, kind of who's, who's kind of, who can slot in there at the midfield to really give these guys a spell. Um, at the same time, when we find ourselves in a skid like this, um, it's a skid. I mean, we're, we're winning, but that, that, that 94th minute goal is really messing with my mind guys. Um, but you want to see, you want to see guys win, you know, like we want to see, we want to see quality players come in. So, um, I think, I think actually what you could do, I mean, sorry, sorry to, to kind of like, you, uh, jump in here, but I, I think, I think what you could do is like, just because of the way that Jack Blake kind of cuts in. And I think based off of like what some of his like previous roles that he's had before he uh, showed up to loyal. Cause I was like, that, like when he first like joined loyal, I was like, all right, what position does this guy play? And I was talking to, I think it was Alan over from the Fairweather pod. I was like, I can't tell this guy is a defensive midfielder, a center midfielder or right midfielder. And it looks like he does actually have some experience as a center midfielder. And you can actually kind of see that when he plays in the right and he kind of like cuts in a little bit. And what I was thinking yeah. is like maybe something that Loyal could try is just if some of those players in the center of the midfield needed a break is you could have Jack Blake in a central role. You can have Guido being that right midfielder who then cuts in as that Jack Blake. Because I think he act, Guido actually did that a little bit last season where he started on the mm-hmm. right a little bit defensively, but then the attack, he kind of like cut inside. And that, yeah, that could be something there, yeah. Last season was yeah. definitely a four three three when we had all those when when we were clicking it was a four three three and yeah Guido definitely played kind of that right forward when, um, yeah. kind of an inverse Messi who finds himself kind of floating inside so well I was gonna say Blake is the one who who ends up on the ground on our team this season the most has been Blake and it's not because he's he's uh, taking he's taking the hits but he's also going after tackles nobody else would because of yeah. that I think defensive mindset somewhat when he's not on the ball he wants to get the ball back and so he just hustles who's ever on the ball and does that press pretty well. Um, so the question is, does that work as well? You know, obviously in a destroyer form, he could, he could do some version of that um, to gain possession back and then, and get them the ball back. And I think mm-hmm. that that might be maybe where they could apply him when we are up late, instead of having him all the way up top, pulling him back a little bit and having him yeah. just go after wherever the ball goes to. Uh, and that's a solution. If he still has that legs, because he seems to have great legs on, on the ball too late in games. Um, where they're trying to get it to him up top, but if you can't get it to him and you're still dropping back and taking those hits, that's where you end up like, with a 94th minute dagger. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Go ahead, please. I'll say like, uh, I guess if you were to say like any other final thoughts, I do understand that why some fans, like I, obviously I'm like an optimistic fool. who are just like, Oh, look at the bright side. Look at the, the glass is half full, but I understand why some fans after that, seeing that, late equalizer where they do feel a little negative. I think part of that too, is not only wanting that big statement win, but there are like a couple things here. The first thing is loyal could have potentially had, what is it? One, two, three, they could have, it could have been a fifth consecutive win in a row. And to just to see that stolen away from the last minute, that must've been incredibly painful. And I think the second thing too, is that I think a lot of loyal fans, when they look at the standings, even if they casually watch Sacramento Republic, they, and they see how erratic they are, they think that that's a team that they could beat. And after seeing that draw, they look at the schedule and realize, even though lawyer at home, they're going to have to take on Orange County after that. They're going to have to take on Phoenix after that. So I, I can imagine why it's a little crushing to think that should have been, like in theory, when you look at the path towards a top four, it's like you defeat teams at home like Sacramento, 
And then against teams like Orange County and Phoenix, well, maybe it's, it's, for the, I'm not, yeah, 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 you know where I'm going yeah, with this. Yeah, but at yeah. Yeah. point, you're, you're happy, yeah. It's a different yeah. metric for sure, and I think that's where we're unbeaten still at home. It's nice to feel that, but it's it, it was like kind of, as I said, the fortress has been strong, and we got a sniper hit, you know, right as the battle was ending and uh, lost, you know, lost one of our best soldiers or something. That's kind of how it felt at the end there. It was just... It was rough. It just kind of took the sting out of it, and yeah. uh, But it was it. It was just a weird. It's a weird game. Weird day. Right. Weird time. Started at four p.m. It was in the day. Um, like, did you, get, did you guys all wear sunscreen? Hopefully, none of you guys got like sunburn. Umbrellas. Or? Yeah. Okay. Umbrellas. Nice 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 the game. I think it was kind of an odd, <laughs> an odd ending for sure. It just kind of felt like it was like it's, it's only six p.m. Like all of it was kind of weird, right? Like, yeah. It just kind of felt different. <laughs> it was different. It was a little different. <laughs> Four years in, four years in, sun still out. What's going on? <laughs> I know, I know. But what else is what else is different the, was um, what's going on here? So we selected Corey Herzog as our man of the match, and we finally got to give him his custom Dr Pepper bottle. Um, cool. if, if I saw that on Twitter. That was that, cool. Yeah. yeah, if you guys haven't seen that, uh, either either watching right now or listening, go find it. It's on the loyal Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Um, uh, our our art director Travis, uh, who is just incredible and incredibly creative, um, did a custom Corey Herzog Dr Pepper logo. Um, I'll back up a little. If you guys don't know, Corey Herzog is obsessed with Dr Pepper, um, like absolutely obsessed. So um, yeah, for the man of the match, we gave him like his own so his own Dr Pepper, um, and of course the Growler as well. So he got to imbibe uh, with both. Uh, but was the, it cold was the uh, Dr Pepper cold? I don't believe so. I think the cooler's only big enough for the growler. You could take it home, put it in the in the fridge, and then enjoy it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and what, enjoy what, what, the beer's usually cold though. Yeah. What What would a mixture of Dr Pepper and a growl like like a pint taste like? Oh, oh like a stout? maybe a Dr Pepper stout. Let us know, Corey. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, he will. Actually, he probably will. <laughs> no, Corey's, Corey's awesome. It was cool. To, it was really cool to have him up. I've been kind of waiting for that moment. Um, I don't think Travis is tuned in tonight, but hopefully he listens tomorrow. Um, shout out to you because um, yeah, you, you always so cease cool. to amaze me. I'll say that. It is, it, it, and it looks good in pictures, but like up close, it's legit. Like, I know. It's amazing. looks legit. So it's one of those things where it's a, you could put it on like a pedestal in, an, in a museum someday. Yeah. Um, that's how good. All right. Ready to move ready forward? To moving, moving, yeah. moving our eyes we'll forward. Sure. Um, um, so Saturday, Saturday is very exciting. Uh, first cross border match. Um, Drew, you called it front terrible. The title of this podcast. It's pretty good the joke. Cause it's, it's not like pretty good for anything, right? We're not really like, we're not playing for anything. So it's like kind of how the bull games are just sort of this, like, what is it for it, front terrible? There you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's super exciting. Kind of my first thought was I'm super glad that they didn't do this in preseason and I'm super glad they didn't do this last season. Mm-hmm. Um, like as cool as it would be, you know, last season, it's cool to, you know, it would have been cool to see, but we're, we actually get to go to the game. You know, they played 1904 early, earlier this preseason and we weren't allowed to go. I uh, kind of felt like a match that we got kind of gypped out of the first kind of San Diego versus San Diego team. Uh, and here we are, uh, San Diego loyal, the club we support against Tijuana Cholos. Um, Again, this Saturday, 5 p.m. at Trier Stadium, um, and it should be a blast. Uh, Caesar, you've covered the, you've covered the Sholos for many, many years. Yeah. Um, kind of, what are your first first thoughts, first reactions? You know, give us a kind of summary of what you feel about this coming up. 
Well, I think uh, it'll be fascinating to see what they actually look like because there are a lot of questions about them right now because uh, um, as is typical with Cholos, um, uh, they tend to make uh, managerial changes quite quickly. I guess that's kind of the, that's actually kind of like standard for Liga Mekis. I think I saw somewhere that the average Liga Mekis manager last, I think it's like a season and a half. And by season and a half, I mean Liga Mekis season wow. and a half. Yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. a little, a, culture, yeah. yeah a, li- a little less than a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with this team. What is, I mean, I could talk about what you might see tactics-wise, maybe some key players, some some new additions. But what I think what most fans might find interesting and what might, many Sholos fans might find interesting, and I'm sure there's a little bit of overlap between the two, between Loyal and Sholos fans, is that apparently Sholos are supposed to announce uh, their new jerseys tomorrow, So, which makes me think, and everyone's thinking that, Sholos might be debuting. We'll see. We have no idea. There's there's nothing confirmed yet. But Sholos might be showing off their new their new jerseys for the Liga Mackey season at Torero this weekend. So fingers crossed that actually happens. You never know. Of, I mean, uh, Liga Mackey's teams, it's not just Sholos, but most Liga Mackey's teams don't tend to be the most accessible when you ask questions like this, when you try to get interviews. So you have... <laughs> not entirely sure if that will actually be happening, but my assumption is in I most other... I heard they gave you the number for Jolo Mayor. That's gnarly. To, uh, <laughs> about this yeah. stuff. And just, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you just hear like a tense silence on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's something. Jolo Mayor is going to be at the game this weekend. But, um, but yeah, so hopefully uh, you you guys will all get to see uh, the new Jolo shirts. I, I assume they're going to be showing them off tomorrow. they got to be like, they, they've got to bring them, bring them over to the friendly. My assumption is that Tijuana Press are assuming the same thing too. But you've you've seen yeah. it, haven't you? You've seen it, right? No, no, no. Actually, actually, no, no, no. Actually, I, I, I would honestly, if, if I were to, if I, were, if, I, if I, if I, there have been times I've seen leaked jerseys. Um, I, I might say something, but Schultz never beat it. their Star Wars promo, promo, which is actually very cool. That promo was that was amazing. Isn't I was, I was still a Millennium Falcon. It's it's no it's no longer there. It broke my heart. So for those who missed oh, out no. on this, uh, so Sholos, uh, they they made a big de- yeah, yeah they, they made a partnership with like uh, Disney's branch in in Mexico, and they ended up having these Star Wars jerseys. And I went to that game, and it was weird. It felt like I was like in. Disneyland, but Star Wars related, which I guess is now the same thing. But I, I guess whatever. Con meets a Sholos game. Yeah, there's like a bunch of like Star Wars gear everywhere, and they actually had like they created their injury. They're like kind of like the injury cart. They put a little Millennium Falcon on top, <laughs> and like it was, and they actually had like this is an official League of Mickey's game. They actually had stormtroopers like walking out both oh my teams God. while like the Star Wars and the funny. They had the Star Wars theme playing too, but the funny thing too was that they didn't, I don't know if it was a copyright thing. I don't know if they had the full, like they only had the first like 30 seconds of like the Star Wars theme. So it was like on loop and it was like this awkward loop. All these two teams <laughs> were walking out to the field. But uh, anywho, uh, Shoals versus Loyal. There it is. That's your preview. Uh, <laughs> there we go. They will not have so I know, jerseys, but so I know from, we'll see. from my brief, um, very brief, uh, research. Yeah. The, the apertura starts in two weeks, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah. 
this is their like penultimate yeah what you said we're gonna see some starters we're gonna like besides the manager kind of questions you think we're gonna see some uh the first team or is this gonna be maybe a b squad i i think it'll be a mixture i think it'll be a mixture i think at this point you know schultz have already had some preseason games this isn't their first preseason game um they recently took part in a a preseason friendly against bachuca which uh, was a three to three draw, which actually says a lot about the attack minded style of their, of their new manager, Siboldi. I don't think he'll be afraid to kind of like push numbers forward and really, really try to test uh, loyal. But I imagine with a game like this, what we've seen from recent games, is you're going to see a mixture. You're going to, I am what's more than likely is you're going to see some new signings. You're going to see some starters. And I imagine with a game like this, especially since Liga Mekis no longer has, um, their domestic cup tournament anymore. Uh, they're going to, this might be the last opportunity for some young players to really mm. prove themselves. So I think it's going to be a mixture of their starters of their new signings. And also some of the younger players. I'm not, I don't, I highly doubt it'll be their best 11, but I think it'll be a little bit of a, you know, I guess a little bit of a mixture of everybody. Maybe yeah, a lot and of I think, subs too. And games like this sometimes. Cause you have like yeah. 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 You'll, you'll see a number of subs. I imagine you'll see a number of subs. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. And I was going to say for, for loyal, I, I think it's going to be pretty much the same, right? I, I think we're going to want to put out a Thanks. pretty strong side to not, you know, Cholos are a Liga MX club, first division, Mexican soccer loyals, a second division, American soccer club. Like, they don't want to get embarrassed. Like, you know, if, if both first teams were to play, I think it's pretty safe to say Sholos, you know, is, is a better team. Yeah. Um, so they're also going to want to put out a good, they're going to want to put out a good team. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. at the same time, it is a friendly, we're right in the middle of a season. Um, we just talked about depth and how much, how many games we have right now. So I'm kind of really interested in how Landon and, and the club is going to kind of manage this. Um, Corbin, yeah. I know you just, Corbin just mentioned hoping Hackworth gets on the field. It could be a pretty similar thing to what you just said about the young players. Uh, we have those little select players. Maybe they get on the field and try to impress. Maybe players like Hackworth um, can, can see some minutes and maybe they can do some damage uh, that, that might kind of springboard their second half of the season, even though we're not halfway through, but second half of the season to, um, you know, some more minutes. So, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see kind of how loyal approaches this game too, because I think that they're going to want to make it com- competitive, you know, uh, not just throw out a B or C squad and, and kind of like, let it, you know, sit back. But um, at the same time, I think playing all of the starters and really pretending, not pretending, but, you know, acting like this is a, a full, uh, a full game um, might not be the best course of action either. So it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, you can even have like a two half deal, right? Where they're like, hey, sure, sure, first sure, half, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. starter, second half, throw a, whoever you want just to get them on the field. So you can have that shift change too, even at like the 30th minute. And sometimes it's kind of coordinated in that sense where there's been a little bit of a coordination. And I think both sides here, as you said, though, they're playing for pride. I was joking earlier about playing for it. They're playing for pride. There is a sense of hey, yeah. the first time these teams meet. Hopefully, at some point, maybe in a CONCACAF Champions League. Who knows? That's, that's probably the, the con- competitive. Uh, nature to which they could actually find themselves playing uh, or in any of these MLS slash US slash Liga Mekis send offs that are being built that feel like different Star Wars franchises. Just like, hey, you get it. Speaking of Star, like, hey, here's a different uh, Frontera Bowl. OK, here you go. Um, so it's like something Don Garber would come up with. So, yeah, it's like a like, um, yeah, I, the, I'm totally for like, let's play as best players as we can. But I don't know if it's 
good if you can get a different look from somebody like Nicky Jackson, get him scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe a goal, mm-hmm. get some confidence, and then you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I can bring him in. Or Ben Spencer, right, is somebody else who who's looked pretty good through preseason and then through the season kind of disappeared a little bit in terms of getting some minutes, but um, not getting maybe as much production because Barry came in and, and took that spot. So um, I think that's where I'd like to see some firing from people we haven't seen fire, obviously. Uh, and somebody like Toomey, too, I feel like is just always that's right what I was going to bring up, too. Be yeah, able, should be able to get a goal. Too especially against players like this and maybe don't know his, yeah. his speed or um, kind of the runs that he makes. So those are the kind of guys I'm looking for. But it'll be interesting from the fan element as well, dudes. Um, this will be very interesting. We, we saw a little bit from Phoenix fans. That was the first real invasion of our fortress. And this will be more of a commingled fortress um, with a with an element. Somebody said, last time there was 95%, I think, that was the, ter- the Toronto match. Sorry, burping here yeah. um, from that beautiful uh, C, C uh, logger here. Um, anyway, that was a Toronto match, right? Where yeah. everybody booed Josie out the door and, and Michael uh, yeah. Bradley after they lost us out of the World Cup. Uh, and so it's a little bit different there, right? You have an MLS team that's from way far away and there's really not a ton of fan support here. So you're going to see a much different element here, I think, uh, especially because it's loyal season ticket holders. It's in loyal stadium. Um, being Torero Stadium, even though it's the same venue, uh, I think that's suffice to say. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was, you know, a lot of the people who root for Loyal are also Jolos fans. And yeah. I hope to God I don't see a half and half jersey, but you might. Um, or oh, there, there, a half, there, half scarf. There, there's, yeah. always, there's, there's always a half to half jersey in some of these games. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is half and half scarf, though. Uh, I would just because they're, they're two teams that represent a region that I love, not just. Uh, one city or another, but uh, I do love this whole region. So for me, this I hate those things. Uh, in the what if it was rematch? But this is one where I, I might actually get one. So what, what if what if it was like a unique take on the half and half, like, or if it was like the front half and oh, the yeah. back half, or mm-hmm. like bo- bottom half or and down, top half, <laughs> bottom and top? You always see some sort of like it's always like a diagonal thing. But what if it was just like bottom top, front <laughs> and back? So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, but true. But Drew makes a good point because, like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated. I think both organizations are probably fascinated to see what the fan makeup will be because, I mean, as I've been told numerous times beforehand from those working within Cholos, like at Cholos games, you know, with their stadium that fits twenty five thousand plus, around thirty to thirty five percent. So let's just say like a third of the fans there are are from the United States. So that's thousands of fans who make the trip over from the United States down to Tijuana. So, yeah. Cause actually it was interesting because there was someone who was, who asked me a question online after the, after I like promoted the friendly and they're like, Oh, well show us like fans take any buses up to like, like to, to Toro stadium for the friendly. And in my mind, it's just like, they don't have to take buses up. They're your neighbors. They're here. They're here. They might be, they might be, yeah. they might literally be USD like students. Yeah. You know, like, you know, they might right. literally be living across the street. So I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated to see what that makeup will be of like, how many fans will are Sholos fans? How many fans will be loyal fans? How many fans will actually be a little bit of a mixture of the two? How many will tend to lean towards more towards loyal as opposed to Sholos? How many, so I'm, I find How many it will really wear Manchester good. United jerseys unrelated to the event that's happening? <laughs> It'll happen. Every game I see one. 
yeah. <laughs> but Chelsea guy. But no, anyway. I think that's a really good point for, point yeah. there because um, you know, Loyal's new. We're a new team. Cholos have been around, right? They've had a chance to really build a fan base here, and they've made crossing the border and going to uh, Stadio Caliente, you know, a, an event. It's not just like a game. It's an event. You go down, you get tacos and beer and like you have such a good time. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I'm very interested and in, at the same time, super respectful of say season ticket holders, uh, loyal season ticket holders, but have Sholos jerseys and they've been going to Sholos games forever. And so like, wh- how do they get pulled? Like, what are their support? Yeah. How, yeah. Like, really? Like, what do you, how do you, yeah, how do you do that? So like, for a long time. so like kind of a local thing here in section 109, uh, one Oh nine is going to be definitely loyal only. That's going to be very, it's a sacred place. Um, so if you are a season ticket holder in, in section one Oh nine and you are one of those cases that I was just talking about, um, and you want to wear your Sholos Jersey, um, that's perfectly fine. I'm not going to judge you. Um, we're just, we can't have you in one Oh nine for this game. Uh, this game has to stay for, or not this game section one Oh nine always has to stay for loyal only. Uh, that's going to be, probably something we're going to have to have some conversations about with some people who don't listen or, you know, don't aren't, aren't up to speed on stuff, but yeah. um, it's going to be what it's going to be. So it's, it's just kind of one of those things that we, we got to We got to keep up. We've got to, we have to hold that to our own standard. We expect that highly of ourselves. Um, and so that's one thing, but at the same time, like I said, I will, there's no judgment from my side. You have to respect everybody's past and where they've been and what's gotten us all to this point to start supporting this club. Um, the other point of business that I thought of earlier is um, to all of our members watching and listening, um, we're probably going to have a lot of new faces at Torero Stadium on Saturday. There's going to be a lot of people who come to watch Sholos and maybe have heard of Loyal but haven't really given it a shot yet. And now that they're playing Sholos, they want to come to check it out. Um, so everybody stay, at, you know, stay calm, stay cool, stay, stay collected, um, be respectful, but bring the energy, right? Let's bring it hot, but, um, keep your cool. Don't, 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 don't take anything too far. No, no trash talking that, go, that go, crosses any kind of lines. Um, because this could be a real chance to grow the fan base, right? Somebody comes and they go, wow, this is really cool. This is like way better than I expected it to be. That, that supporter section, they really bring it like, this is rad. They might join, they might join as a local. They might, they might, if maybe that maybe Chavos entices them a little more um, from a branding perspective or whatever, and they join them, but overall it's growing the fan base. Right. And that's, that's the whole point here. So um, stay super respectful. Don't take anything too far. Um, I think n- the next thing we'll get to is La Masacre and you know, mm-hmm. what the kind of presence they're going to be here. Um, but I just, I, I employ um, everybody here um, watching and listening to keep your cool uh, and be welcoming, be open, give them a sticker. We'll have stickers to pass out to our members. We'll have stickers to pass out to basically anybody we want to give stickers to, um, and strike up a conversation, tell them about who the locals are, tell them about what we're all about in section 109, tell them about our philanthropic efforts and how much we've helped our community here. Tell them about San Diego loyal and how much it's trying to help the community and you know what we're trying to do here. So, um, this is a huge opportunity, uh, at the same time as a really rad friendly. So take that, take that to heart and, uh, represent well. That's yeah, an excellent we're one region, we're one, one footballing community, I think, generally, too. Yeah. So I think even even as there is a rivalry that might spawn out of this just because of the natural, natural you know, distance and uh, hopefully prevalence of these clubs, hopefully they will continue to grow as one has grown 
uh, immensely from lower divisions to where it's at now. And the stadium uh, continues to start towering, uh, you know, into uh, where it is at. And then another club looking to emulate uh, that kind of acceleration and especially the speed uh, at which Tijuana seemed to do that, uh, I think, to a certain degree. So, so Rommel, uh, there, there is a mirror here. So, yeah, you want to hold that mirror up to us as well and say uh, part of what we're doing is inspired by what uh, they've done uh, somewhat. But there, there yeah. is some things to discuss as well. Um, yeah, Steve. I was going to say, Rommel asked a question, and I think it's a good, really good segue. Um Mm-hmm. Are there still COVID? And do you know this, Caesar? Are there COVID restrictions preventing uh, people from traveling across the border still? Is the border still closed? That okay? So actually, it's interesting because I ran into a few friends actually. So that one loyal game against Oakland, um, I uh, ran into a few friends who covered Sholos who are from Tijuana, who uh, who made the trip up, and I was like, and I straight up asked them, I was like, wait, it was like border open as like how, how is this working out and they're like and they were telling me i think it was because they were press it was easier for them to cross the border okay. because it was work related okay. so i'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure if fans who live in tijuana can make the trip over to san diego don't quote me because guess what i have no idea <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> but i was a little surprised to see a few a few friends from, like from some uh, some soccer reporters from big to make the trip up but they did kind of imply that i could potentially make the trip because i told them too i was just like wait i thought the border was closed like what if i want to cover some show stuff and they're like well if you're doing some like soccer stuff then you could easily make the trip down but i i mean i, I have no idea i have no Thank idea you. about fans yeah yeah if you're down to hang out after we formally end the podcast for some after hours, uh, I want you to okay. remind me to bring this up. Uh, Cause I spoke to them after the game and I was, um, I was confused why they were talking to me specifically. I'll, I'll tell you that whole story afterwards. So. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, of course, of um, course. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the segue that I was getting to there was La Masacre. Um, yeah. What kind of presence we think they'll have. Um, like, you know, everybody knows here, we have a pretty good relationship with the club. We, we talk to them pretty regularly. Uh, we do know that there's there's going to be a presence there, um, in the same place that Phoenix was was there in section 111A. So a few few sections over from us, I have begged the club to move them somewhere else. Um, I he every time I talk to them, they tell me that it's not as easy as that. But I'm still going to beg them because I want them far away from us. But uh, regardless, um, what kind of what do you expect from them not being at their home stadium? You know, being in San Diego. Um, I, obviously they bring it every match. It's, it's amazing what they've done and what they, what they do, but, um, kind of what are your expectations having seen them so many times live? Yeah, it'll be, I mean, they're, they're real proper supporters group. That's for sure. Like, yeah, they're, they're definitely out there week in, week out with, uh, with, with Cholos, uh, and, uh, yeah, they definitely bring the energy. If you've ever been to a Cholos game in the Estado Caliente, I mean, they have a packed section week in week out and that's actually something that i mean not only within la masacre but just like the asada caliente in general is that regardless of the fact that sholos are i mean i know i, I don't want to say i mean i guess they are young but in comparison to to loyal they have you know a few more years they have a little sure. bit of more of a decade there you know because it, it, they've only been around since the uh, 21st century uh but regardless of the fact that they only have one title um so far like sholos they they don't they don't have the same kind of attendance as let's say uh, a Tigres or a Rayados or like some of the bigger Liga Mekis teams. Yeah. But for a team of their size and for their short history, they have 
very, very good attendance numbers. And part of that is thanks to La Massacre bringing the energy week in, week out. And numerous members of La Massacre aren't, there are, they, they aren't just from Baja California. They aren't just from Tijuana, but there's a lot of those guys are San Diegans. All those like right. men and women are from, from San Diego as well. So it'll be interesting to see how many will show up in a game in 2021. Um, just because, I mean, there are numerous reasons why there may or may not be a lot of fans. So I'm also, once again, just interested to see how many right. members of La Masacre will show up. Cause I think in the past totally. you maybe would have had more Tijuanenses like making the trip up. You maybe would have had, more people would have been more willing to go outdoors and do something you know, or, or just, just leave their home, I guess, at this point right. to, to, to hang out with a bunch like, at like, you know, thousands of people, uh, at this point. And I mean, just it's called what it is the pandemic that's still happening. So, yeah. so I'm interested to see how many people will actually show up, uh, from the massacre, but in the past, I mean, they, absolutely bring the noise. They absolutely bring the atmosphere and just sing nonstop, like cheer nonstop for the full 90 minutes. So we'll see if they show up. And I'm also hoping that there, I, I, I don't know. There, there's a part of me that doesn't think that there will be, that there won't be any kind of like animosity. Cause for the most part, when I have gone down to Sholos games, like they don't, there, there aren't like you, you do see fights in other within other Liga Mekis teams, but La Masacre, there may be just like one or two other Liga Mekis teams that the, like, they have some sort of like, I guess you can say scuffles for, if you will, for lack yeah. of a better word with but, like bad blood on the field. And yeah, yeah but I, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine that there's going to be anything really bad or really yeah, aggressive no. or there'd be serious animosity against law. Right. I, I think, I think for the most part, like it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah our, our director, you know, our director of events, Victor is a diehard Leon fan. So uh, when we had him on, he was telling oh, us the yeah, story yeah. Uh, yeah. of the rivalry there. Um, so yeah. But unfortunately, that is one of the two teams that I will bring up, and I have seen fans. There's a yeah, that all makes sense in terms of why they would, yeah. you know, have that kind of rivalry and and feeling like maybe they they're owed something, you know, kind of in that a yeah. little bit as well. So it, it, it yeah. is interesting to see the history even in a short time there with that club, and this yeah. will be written into that. I think somewhat. I think if you. Uh, incidents or non-incidents or, or maybe even I mean, friendly a rivalry yeah, yeah. Is, is what you hope for i think personally it would be very fairly nice right to have something when anytime you see them together you can go, you don't go oh remember that thing that happened you go oh you, you know how that happened it was great it was really nice like yeah and like fantastic that kind and, of any, and anybody who's actually taken it you made a trip down the estado caliente like will tell you just like about how amazing it is and just how welcoming exactly. everybody is welcoming. and how it, it's, it's just an absolute party actually so like yeah totally. i think i think i think it'll be perfectly fine so they won't let them have uh actual jolo queen lace come into the stadium so um, <laughs> that. hey that would be uh, pretty cool that would, would be, be pretty cool. cool i know i've been pushing loyal to bring dogs on since day one i was like what's more loyal than dogs be so, sick come on um but yeah that's that's the hope right is that we get there but there's an obvious kind of um you know orchestration to this in terms of what we're leading towards which is obviously the 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 p chant the 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 thing that comes yes. out after goal kicks there yes. it's, that's, whether or not yeah. is you know is something that's obviously uh yeah. goes against the zero tolerance of this club um and this fan base uh, specifically and, our supporters group uh, exactly and so it's a coordination as to how that's going to look and a dance i think somewhat um to preempt a little bit steve there there is some stuff on that i think a little bit I mean, yeah, 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 t- t- yeah tell me because I'm, I'm fascinated to hear what 
Because I imagine when Loyal set up this friendly, they anticipated there was a chance that this would be happening. The good news and the very good news is that I will say in the last few years, you have seen a decrease of the goalkeeper chant within Mexican soccer. I was I, I was literally at a Mexican national team game in Los Angeles over the weekend, which everybody has like everybody can like in the Mexican soccer world sees it as almost like the second home of the Mexican right. national. It's like after Estadio Azteca, it's like anywhere in Los Angeles. And the big worry was just like, even though Mexico has made progress, the Mexican national team has made progress with the goalkeeper chant. Everybody was thinking, Jesus, in LA, that's that's a different animal, that's a different beast. I did not hear a single instance of the goalkeeper wow. chant. There was 50, there was like 50, 60,000, like 50, 60,000 wow. plus in the Coliseum. I did not hear That's a single great. instance. And yeah. while it is, and while it's really, really disappointing for me to say that just like there were reports of, uh, you, you and by reports, I mean like people tweeting things out of just like the occasional person in the stands trying to create it and trying to like do it. And while it's disappointing for me, uh, to say that, like, I see it as progress, that there are only individual kind of, like, moments in the stands as it opposed is. to the stadium uh, saying it in unison. I, 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 it, it hurts me to say that that's progress, but that is progress. That is, it is progress. It and is I'm hoping, definitely yeah, progress. So I'm hoping that that continues to resonate not only within Mexican national team fans in the U.S. and also in general the Mexican soccer world, but I'm hoping that resonates with Sholos fans. I don't know what's going to happen. I really keep my fingers crossed that they don't do it. And I guess the next question is what if they do? I, I don't know. Like, yeah. So I talked to the, I talked to the, I talked to the club today and, um, and that was one of my questions, uh, just, just to be honest and open with everybody. It was one of my questions was what would happen. And the answer I got back was the game will be stopped. Um, and, and, you know, announcements will be made. I know that they're going to have, um, they're going to have some stuff prepared before the game to make it clear that if that's not tolerated in Trevor stadium, I think that's something that we're going to, to try to work on as well. Um, just to iterate the message among our supporters and our supporters group, and just to try to amplify the message um, a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's, those are a couple things. Um, and to anybody who's listening um, for our members, um, like I mentioned before, um, if you're a member of the locals and you weren't aware of Sholos Jersey, that's perfectly fine. Don't sit at one Oh nine. But if you're a member of the locals and you wear a Shulos jersey and we see you or hear you saying that chant, uh, you, your membership will automatically be revoked and um, you, yeah. your, any tickets you have in 109 will be taken away. We, that's, there's no tolerance for that here. Um, it is not okay. Um, I understand that it's, there's history, now. but um, I understand there's history there, but um, that's not something that's okay anymore. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I see. I'm I'm super interested too. Um, that's really cool. I did not know that about, about LA. Um, obviously, we all know kind of what happened in the um, in Colorado and Denver um, just a couple weeks ago with the Nations League final, um, and that led to the two match you know no supporters ban. Um, but so you can you know while the the LA thing is good to hear, then you just go back a couple weeks and you can obviously hear it and you can obviously um, see that it's still prevalent. There's still work to do, but. Um, I'm very, very interested in hearing, um, kind of hearing and seeing what, what's going to happen here. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and for, yeah. Yeah. we're very interested, but zero tolerance. So I know the club is yeah. taking that very seriously. We will take it very seriously as well. 
Um, it is something that we did here in the very first match, the March 7th match a little bit. Um, and I think that we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, maybe, and maybe 10 episodes ago, something like that, uh, that we heard it, but, um, it was almost something that, and, and this might sound bad, but it, we were almost expecting to hear it simply because we had, a plan. we had about six months to really build this supporters group, just like the club had six months to build a team. Uh, so we didn't really have a chance to meet with people and meet with our members and like talk about that. We don't do this here. So the expectation was we would hear it, but we would be very aware to it and go talk to those people. Um, and then we haven't heard it one lick since. So, you know, the matches that we have had the season at home, um, I haven't heard one, one shot of it at all. So, um, again, I think progress, but, uh, I'm very interested to kind of hear and see what's going to happen on, on Saturday. Yeah. And hopefully we, we don't hear it. My, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that if we're looking at the trends of Mexican soccer, because I mean, here's the thing. It's just, I mean, this is a very, very, very complicated issue. And this is a podcast in yeah. itself to discuss it because sure. in reality, a lot of the people who are saying it, and a lot of people you, you talk with, I mean, we don't have to dive into it too much just yet, but just like they aren't exactly, I mean, I, I guess I'll, I guess I'll dive into for, for, for just a minute, just for just, just a minute. A lot of these people you do talk with a lot of the fellow Mexican sufferers, uh, they're, yeah, they're, you have a great insight to this. You've written great articles. Like they themselves yeah. are not homophobic. It's mm-hmm. what I like to equate it with is, I mean, let, let, I'm going to have this, I'm going to bring it up really quickly. Um, I will admit that just like when I was in high school, there was something that a lot of like me and my friends would say, like, Oh, that's gay. That's gay. Yeah. Oh, that's And that's, and I, I, I equate it with the, the same sure. idea and just yeah. like me and my friends were not, homophobic but it's just it's but we were saying something that was still hurtful and it took oh it took until until i got to college and then i became a super hippie over at ucsc uh (laughs) but i was and i was and i was like man i was like i was like man i was a real turd for 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 saying that you know for for because even though i myself was absolutely not trying to be homophobic uh, I just use that word lightly and I did not realize the harm that I was doing. And I think that's the same conversation that a lot of Mexican soccer fans are, 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 are having with themselves now. Yes, because of machismo culture within Mexican society, there are some people who are being homophobic with that chant. But I will say the majority of soccer fans, the majority of soccer, Mexican soccer fans that I've talked to, they themselves are not homophobic. They just they're just unaware of it. And I think there has been more and more of a conversation about that word. And luckily you're seeing it trend downwards because the people, a lot of Mexican soccer fans have realized, Oh, I need to be a little bit more open to the LGBT community. I need to be a little bit more open to friends who might be coming out of the closet. So I, I find, I, I find optimism that I feel a little hope about that. And sometimes it is just that conversation with friends. And I have had that conversation with Mexican soccer friends who just, sometimes you just need to have that discussion with them. Yeah. Sometimes I, I think just, just really more quickly on this, there was a, there was a fantastic piece of uh, Janelle Farias. Um, she's in, she plays for the Mexican women's national team. She's openly, uh, she, she's an openly gay, like women's soccer player. And she made an excellent point saying that like, and I think it, it changed a lot of minds too, for a lot of Mexican soccer fans saying that, you know, you, when these, when people say that chant, they don't know that sometimes they're unaware of that. The fan next to them might be having issues with coming out of the closet. They might be having issues 
with their own sexuality. And I think when people have that conversation, when they have that discussion, they realize the the hate that's that that's in that word, even if people don't mean it. So I'm seeing I'm seeing progress. I'm, I think it's getting better. And I'm just really keeping my. I mean, I guess just yeah. What we're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just keeping. We're talking about articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about articles on this, um, listeners and watchers. If you guys haven't read. Uh, Caesar did a really cool article back in 2019 with LAFC 3252. Was that correct? correct? Yes. 2019. Yeah. And how they, uh, dealt, they dealt with the, yeah, the chance in the athletic. Um, I reread that today and prep for this and, um, uh, it's amazing. So if you guys haven't oh, yeah, uh, read yeah. that, um, uh, please do. Um, and we are a little over time here. So, no, apologies. Um, I can ramble for a bit. No, 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 for sure. A few, a few closing things. Um, a few closing things. So you, let's make this quick. So you were on our bus ride to Orange County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you're the first person we've really talked to, um, interviewed on the podcast about that. So, uh, give us some thoughts, some suggestions, um, some feedback. Uh, give us like a five minute summary there. Well, I was on beer three before I even got to the stadium. So I was obviously having a good time. There. We all were. I, was <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And shout out to all of you guys. Like even, I mean, uh, it was, uh, it was a little too simple and easy. Like I felt a little guilty, uh, when I saw that you guys were selling tickets, I was like, oh, I don't want to take any spots away from, uh, the locals. But then, uh, Steve, you reached out to me and you're like, Hey, do you want to jump on the bus? I'm like, Hell yeah, I do. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was an absolute deal. It was a steal. You guys provided snacks. You provided drinks. Uh, it. You guys were playing DJ on the way back. It was fantastic. It was, oh my god, that was that was like the exact thing that I needed in my life. As I was diving right back because it was shortly after by uh, the two weeks after I was fully vaccinated. So like yeah. that was like one of the first big things that I kind of took part in, and I think more than anything else for those locals or even those uh, loyal fans who are looking to kind of interact with fellow San Diego loyal fans. That's a perfect opportunity. That was, that, that's like, I don't know when you guys are going to do that again. I don't know what you guys have planned for the future, but that was such a good opportunity just to kind of connect with others within not only just, you know, with, with the locals and also within like the San Diego local community, but just like a little bit of the soccer community too. Cause I saw like a number of people there that were hanging out with you guys. So that was an yeah. absolute blast. And thank you for all the delicious beers and for taking charge of that and for the pizza on the way back as well. That was <laughs> yeah. very unexpected and such a, awesome. a beautiful, beautiful surprise. The most beautiful of surprises. <laughs> about the details of that in the after hours, but that was, that was fun. That was really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, so and then, yeah, that, yeah. talking about the, the future games. So the next potential bus trips, uh, the easy ones are, um, LA galaxy two away in Carson. Uh, it's a little bit of a further bus ride. So we'll have to buy some more beer, but that's not a bad thing. Um, is August 1st at 5 PM. That is also the same day as the gold cup final. Um, so that is a very interesting, um, and it's not like we can turn the game on, on the way there or on the way back. This, the loyal matches at 5 PM, the gold cup finals at 5:30. So, um, obviously gold cup usually ends up with us versus Mexico. We never really know. I know a couple of years ago we lost to Jamaica in the semifinals, but um, hey, Mexico's have their issues you know, too, man. There's no yeah, guarantees. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so August first is the um, the next potential one, and then there the remaining two because uh, now we played two away for each uh, team in our division would be October second at Galaxy Two, 
and then it would be a quick turn to do it again uh, October 20th at Orange County. So uh, later in the season, October, but um, definitely both or all three are on the table. Um, I know Victor, our director of events, was starting to work on bus details for the first. So expect some information on that as soon as we as soon as we can. Um, last time was kind of rushed. Quick. Last time was pretty rushed, but uh, this time we're going to try to get ahead of the curve a little bit. So expect information probably not before the weekend, but maybe right after the weekend. As I said, the blueprint's pretty good here. We, we've got a good thing going. Yeah. We've got a good system figured out here. So we'll just kind of copy and then copy pasta uh, here a little bit with our... I mean, uh, I mean, if that was really last minute, you guys absolutely killed it. That was that was amazing. Yeah. It's been in the works for that was you know it's been in the works for about a year or so. I think we've thought about this. You know, we we had one planned Orange County. We actually took deposits. Yeah, we for did Orange County last year. We had to refund people. Ooh, <laughs> I think cover. Yeah. I think like thirty or so people. Um, and so yeah, it was it was pretty far along. So we did have a good blueprint for it, but it changed every obviously in COVID, and you have to apply to the restrictions. So it finally felt like the right time. And, you know, the, the good thing was, I think we felt like we waited for it, but we waited just the right amount of time. And as you said, it was kind of the right thing for a lot of people, not just yourself to feel yeah, like yeah. this is finally something we can do, uh, you know, traveling as a group or things like that, right. That just didn't seem theoretically possible six months ago. So mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that with us. And it was really fun. So yeah, we'll talk a little more in the after hours. Of um, course, yeah. But I think in terms of like, um, you know, your journalistic career, we had no time to talk oh. about it here because we were so into the Cholos game. You're so good do we at have what to? you do that you... We have to, yes. One little did. one little thing, one yes. question. You already you already did such a good job of telling us why you're so good at your job uh, throughout this podcast, but we'll, we'll definitely have you on again to dive into that. And Jerry will help us pull out some of those bits. I'm sure Jerry wants to do that, so Jerry will get to do that. Um, but what was the favorite, favorite article you've ever done since Steve was referencing a really, really good one? Uh, that I think was uh, one of my favorites for sure, but um, I, I've read a lot of your stuff, and I I can't pick one, so uh, you have to decide for us. Like you're from your children. What was the most fun? You have to like, kill one. Yeah. I'll say some because because I'm a writer, and we're all we like. What I want to say is I hate every single one of my articles, and I would change. You hate the least. I I would change all of them significantly, and then what's embarrassing is like every year I'm like, oh, that was my best work. And then a year, like a year or two after, I look back and I'm like, "Oh God, that was the worst thing I've ever written in my life." Why does anybody <laughs> employ me? Um, the most fun, the most interesting. I don't know. You know, actually, the LAFC one was probably one of my better pieces. Um, I really that was great. En- I really enjoyed working on that one, especially since um, the athletic gives you a little bit more space to kind of interview not just a couple people, but just a really, really dive deep into like what you want to like tackle. And I felt like they gave me the bandwidth, um, to do that. Um, just, I mean, I guess also, I mean, this is very, very Mexican soccer specific, but just there was, uh, I want to say a few years ago, I got an opportunity with the guardian to ask Gladio Suarez, um, a Mexican soccer great to ask him what his best 11 was of all time. And like, I've just never been more nervous in an interview ever, just cause like it's, it's, it's different when you daunting. Yeah. It's different when you interview some, like, like, I don't know. I'll, I'll even throw Landon in there, like Landon or like a current player. But like this guy, I was like six or eight or 10. When I, I was like watching grow, like growing up and then oh. suddenly got like interviewing him. And I just immediately like reverted back to a child. I'm like, Oh, 
Who is your favorite? Pretending to be a broadcaster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you've, you've built this career. You've done a great job. <laughs> yeah. I've got my notebook. I've, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't relate to how many people you've talked to and how many numbers are in your Rolodex. But um, yeah, I mean, I, when Strundolo came to town with uh, the lights, I was yeah. secretly hoping, I was secretly hoping I could shake his hand. And I swear I would like crumble at the knees. Like, Didn't. yeah, Landon, like as a U.S. soccer fan, as an, as a San Diegan growing up, like he was, I, I loved his career. I was like, he was like one of my idols. I'm with Frankie Haydeck and like, yeah. I don't know. I think I would get so like, I, if I met yeah. them, like, like, <laughs> Oh my God, what you know what I mean? It's, it's, I it's, to, yeah, I went to, it's easy to do that. Fourth of July parade, like half the dads are wearing like Donovan jerseys, you know, it's like, but that's like the guy that like, yeah. you're having this conversation with sometimes and you're like, Oh yeah, that's the face of the guy. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. guy. But it's like, and it's, yeah. it's almost like there's two of them. Like there is like, he's the same person, but there is like the, the poster Donovan and like the person who he was before I knew him as a human being. And then the one who I've gotten to know. And it's not that like they don't match up. It's just interesting that in your head, you almost make that dichotomy so that you can like carry on a friendship and actually have real conversations that are like, I think, I think, I think ima- like, I, I imagine, I imagine for you guys too, there must be some sort of like, there's like a mysticism of what he was and what he represents currently yeah. to, for sure. To like U.S. soccer, or just like just soccer fans in general, because he he goes on he beyond that in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and then just like people think he's like this, like ab- I think he is an absolute legend. And then it's fast for you guys to be like, oh, that that's also the that's also our manager for loyal, who we like regularly chat with, and also like see practices and whatnot. Yeah, must be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I will, I will quickly. Fans, you know, and that's that's what's been awesome, even before he was manager and stuff. So. Yeah, I will quickly say I think the your 2018 article on Diego Maradona um, was oh, fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, that's the um, thank you. Yeah, was, thank you. That I, that, yeah, absolutely people really incredible. Like people really um, like that one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a uh, that was awesome. Obviously, um, thank you. you know, rest in yeah. peace. But uh, that was that was awesome. So um, I think we're going to formally formally wrap things up. Um, please pu- Some plug all your podcasts, all your Twitter Actually, handles. Where can people Steve, find your work? Give, give no, Steve. We'll wrap it. Give, let him plug it at the very, very end. I want you to run through locals topics in thirty seconds. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Expect on game day. Go ahead. All right, all right. I forgot about that section in our notes. I'm it was sorry. Written kind of in order, but kind of it's kind okay. of not. But kind of not. Do. So uh, game day. We talked about this last week, and we'll talk about this every week. Uh, expect to stand ninety minutes. Um, the songs and chants are found on our website. Um, learn them, look them up, uh, join in. There's no shame. Um, I lose my voice every week and I sound terrible, but I scream my heart out. Um, even if you mess up the lyrics, you're at least in voice, um, singing for the club. Um, so give it your all. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and we have expectations in the section to stand and sing. Um, it's not necessarily a place to come and have conversations. Um, our, 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 one of our leadership guys, Travis put it really well. When he goes to the movies, he doesn't expect to have a conversation during the movie. If he wants to have a conversation, he'll go out to the lobby. Just like if I want to have a conversation, I'll go get a beer or something like that, because there's an expectation that we want to sing for 90. We want to be loud. Um, it breeds, um, it, it breeds it, right? If everybody else is singing around you, um, you're going to sing. And if everybody else is talking around you, you're going to talk and we, we want to be loud. We want to be vocal. Um, I feel like we've brought it every week, but we want to continue to get better. So um, it's kind of a mentality and not necessarily um, just a directive. So keep that in mind. Um, Bums Barking Lot. The Barking Lot is back every week. Um, every week, every weekend. 
uh, three hours pre-match time. This weekend's match is 5 p.m., so we'll be there at 2. The law will open at 2 o'clock, um, and we will march usually 50 minutes pre-match, so that'll be 410 for this week. Um, uh, yeah, please come out. It's a, it's a blast. It's a good time. Um, some Fans decent price beer, some welcome. food. If you aren't sitting in our section, you are but, welcome to come to the yes, parking open lot. To anybody. It's generally for locals. Um, but it is in Chavos and, and anybody in section 109. For sure. But uh, if you are, you know, have a friend who's sitting in wherever, uh, they're obviously welcome as well to come join us early at the pregame. So, and they'll we'll have merch with us. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, they can go to their seats or whatever after that, an hour before the match. Yep. And then the last, last, uh, last little bit of news. Um, I'm sorry, this got saved to the end. Um, I did not organize this well. Um, our pride raiser, our pride raiser is over. Um, and we raised, we raised over five thousand um, oh, dollars. Actually, nice. congratulations, guys! That's huge. Um, huge. Yeah, so we we had an angel donor <laughs> at the end, um, actually, um, and he didn't want his name in lights, but I'm going to mention him because it was an amazing gesture. Um, Andrew, uh, the club uh, owner and chairman, yes. uh, he actually messaged the the locals account once we finished up and said he'd like to match the donation, kind of as a, wow. um, a congrats and, and like a, an homage to the work that we've done. So shouts to Andrew shouts to um, Espen and major shouts to our philanthropy director, Tom Phillips for keeping up with this um, all month. He's been logging in every week and updating the totals. And um, he, he informed us today that uh, tomorrow, July 8th, um, Pride Razor will be sending emails to call for those who donated um, and pledged for each goal. So please make sure to contribute and actually pay. Um, you pledge this for a reason. Um, please don't come up short. Uh, it matters a whole lot to, um, yeah, for the kids here in San Diego that we have uh, pledged our money to. So that is kind of our summary of locals topics. Uh, Drew, did I miss, miss anything that you'd like to summarize no, man, before to make sure we get to what I got to got before? Very important news. Extra, extra. Good. Listen all about it. Um, I was going to say read, but yeah, that doesn't work. So yeah. Cesar, we want to uh, let you plug your podcast, plug your life. Um, just general. Like, Where can we find before. your work? You, uh, you can find me playing Pokemon Go. Uh, most uh, <laughs> uh, actually, it's my pretty most famous Pokestop is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I've been doing uh, so most of my work. I mean, you, whenever I, I mean, I write for a number of people and uh, do a lot of different work. But uh, wherever I do actually do it, you'll find me uh, hyping it up on my Twitter account, which will be at Cesar H. Football. I guess you can see it down there. Uh, if you're if you're watching live, if you're not watching it live, it's just my first name, C E S A R H Football. Um, yeah, I've uh, done a few pieces for the Guardian this year, some somewhat Sports Illustrated stuff with Enfuego um, this year. Hopefully, I have some other stuff in the works. Well, it might be coming out soon, and then there are a few. Uh, different companies that I was working with uh, in the past that I might have some more pieces coming out uh, later on this year. So fingers crossed. I mean, everything's always up in the air after 2020, but we'll see what happens. But, uh, but yeah, but for the most part, you can see my, my ramblings over in Sesage football. And if you want, you could follow me on Sesage football on Instagram, I guess. I mean, that's like that. You you always, you Yeah. That's more that that that's actually more Pokemon Go and uh, <laughs> and, and actually more cat like videos and me talking about the plants that I'm growing in my tiny 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 little patio and that's about it. But yeah, that's what about the Mexican soccer show? And the Mexican soccer show, of course. Uh, that's the podcast that I help co-host. Um, 
yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, content we're going to be providing uh, over the next few weeks, obviously because of the Gold Cup. Um, that'll be pretty exciting. Uh, and hopefully with the Gold Cup, we'll be seeing a, a U.S. versus Mexico final because that's that's all yeah. we're hoping for, right? Yeah. And the Olympics, right? And the Olympics. Yes, Mexico's the Olympics, that's right. So. Yeah, so Mexico will be starting the Olympics soon. And yeah, that'll be... That'll be interesting, but then again, you, yes. you don't 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 get me started on Mexican soccer just now, Steve. Because then you'll, <laughs> you, you'll have you'll have me, Steve, you'll, you'll you'll have me saying goodbye twenty minutes from now. I promise. Do not do not, bring, <laughs> do not have me bring up the Mexican soccer show, like, Liga Mekis, Mexican National Campeon de Campeones, Leagues Cup. Oh, dude, we can we can go on forever, man. So I yeah, know, for I the know. most part, you can find all the stuff that I'm doing and which I will be doing in the future on uh, my Twitter account, uh, so Search Football. All righty, man. Well, that's wonderful. Well, well, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Um, this is this is awesome. We'll have you. We'll definitely have you back on uh, sometime yeah, this season before things close back out. Um, Drew, you want to wrap this up? Any more? Any more yeah, thoughts? You're gonna hang for the post show, Cesar? Just yeah, dude. Of course, of course, I'll hang out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, sweet. Of course, man. Got let's go. Got him. We got him. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, for All right. uh, Mr. Uh, Presidente Esteban. Uh, I was going to have you say something like later and then later I was going to throw (laughs) (laughs) his laugh is enough. And then me, Mr. Drew Steck, we miss you, Jerry. Um, And this is where the music will play like. (laughs) Bye everybody. Take it easy.